You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Every heart is true for the red and the blue and we sing the song to you. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. Hello there, real footy fans. Welcome to Red Legs Radio. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and the Telstra Shop at Norwood. We are coming to you live from Studio Lumo, 1 King William Street, and we are closing in on Sandful Season 2020. By my calculations, 22 days, 15 hours, 26 minutes, and 422 seconds away. Sandful Footy will be back in action. A season we thought perhaps lost. It will begin on June 27. We've had to leave behind 13 weeks and two teams on the way, but an eight-team, 14-week minor round season. Three-week, 14 finals campaign will go ahead, and it begins with two double-headers at the Adelaide Oval. An abbreviated season, but it is a beefed-up Red Legs Radio. One-hour episode, and in the co-driver's seat, once again, big welcome to Miles Fitzner. Hooky, thanks for having me. Good to be back. Yeah, footy around the corner. We're back in uh, the new studio here now, being filmed and podcast on and cameras on. I've got to wear a nice shirt in now, but no, nah, it's good to be back. Good to be back on uh, Red Legs Radio. An hour-long show and uh, some big announcements coming up for us uh, in the next sort of hour. So much to get through tonight. We've got Jared Cotton ready to go, the senior coach of the Norwood Football Club, to chat to. Uh, with everything that's gone down with the pandemic, how do you rate the way the SNFL or the Sandfell has managed it as a competition? Look, I've heard Jake Parkinson talk quite regularly and on Kimbo and the Rooch, um, and I think they've done a reasonable job. At least we've got a date and we're still we're going to talk to Kotze shortly about it but having the two double headers set for the date um, look it's tough for clubs that they can't operate without the crowds but I think all in all South Australia is a state down to the SANFL and even the individual uh, AFL clubs being port and the Crows have handled it quite well. Yeah I think uh, I've always been of the belief that the Sandfall League you, you need to look at it critically because uh, historically it's always had challenges and it hasn't always taken the right shape but I've got to say I reckon they have been exemplary over the past three months it's been unprecedented situation I mean that's the word we always use unprecedented but it has been extremely difficult to manage and I think they've na- navigated the clubs and the competition through it extremely well look a hell of a job obviously losing the two reserve sides as well is going to make it a bit more difficult but uh, yeah look it's certainly a job I wouldn't want and uh, and doing the draw but hopefully we'll find a little bit more out as uh, as the days go on and the restrictions start to get eased Jared Cotton to join us very shortly. We'll catch up with Phil Gallagher tonight. Uh, of course, we'll be talking about uh, the late, great Bob Hammond that we lost uh, a little bit earlier this week. So looking forward to chatting to Gags uh, and his memories of Bob Hammond. We'll catch up with Matilda Zander from the women's team. So looking to chat forward to, her. to chatting to her. James Fantasia will call in and just give us a bit of an update on what's going on at Cooper's Stadium. Got a full show. We have got a full show. Uh, just before we get to Cots, 
What's your assessment of the Norwood Footy Club list? How do you like it going into a 14-week season? Look, I like it. I like it a lot. I think we recruited really well in the off-season. We're going to talk to Kotze about some of those recruits shortly. Bit uh, sad losing Bastanak, staying up in Brisbane with the uh, the COVID restrictions. As you know, I was sort of thinking he's probably going to be one of the stars of of the whole comp, let alone just the Norwood Footy Club. But I think they've recruited a little bit out of the box too. There's a fellow I want to ask Kotze about shortly that uh, he's one player I'm really excited about looking at this year. Uh, let's get him on board. The senior coach of the Norwood Football Club, Jared Cotton. Welcome to Redlegs Radio. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, what's it been like for you not having to be able to coach people for the first three months of the season? It's been different. It certainly has been different. So, um, obviously, a lot of time at home, which you know has been a real positive spend time with the, the family from that point of view. But overall, I thought our footy, footy clubs really handled it really well. Obviously, done a lot of great work uh, off the field. Dale Fleming... In regards to the merchandising and membership, and our, our supporters have been fantastic in backing that up as well. So from that cl- that point of view, the, the club's done a fantastic job in really trying conditions. Last time we clapped eyes on each other was at the presentation night. You had a spate of retirements, some very big names. The concern I would have about the Norwood Football Club this year is you look like you are light on for leadership. Have you been able to address that? Uh, we look to do that. Uh, obviously, when you lose, you know, Bodie and, and Dory and Georgie and Ed Smart, all, all premiership players and triple premiership players and, and things like that. So. Yeah, definitely big shoes to fill, and not just from a playing point of view, but like you touched on the leadership side of things. So obviously um, very fortunate to get Richard Douglas to the football club, obviously a very experienced player, a leader at the Adelaide Crows for a long period of time. So he definitely helps in that regard. You touched on Basti before, we sort of got him to the club for the same sort of reasons for leadership. But uh, on the flip side of that, I think it gives some people a real opportunity. So Matty Panos obviously um, has been... A leader for quite a while now gets the opportunity to be the captain. Um, Sam Balderstone steps up to a role and, and deserves it um, to show some good leadership as a vice captain as well. And then we've got some really good players underneath that can take the next step. So I'm actually really excited about it. I think it's a, it's a really good opportunity for those men. With uh, some of the players underneath that, do you look to some players like the Matthew Nunns and Cole Gerloffs, the guys that have got two or three years under their belt but are sort of outstanding players, still younger men, but are they sort of the ones you're looking to step up or are they more like the Mitch Wilkins type, the guys that are a bit more aged, still have a voice around the place but can be sort of in and out of the side? I think they all can, uh, all the names you touched on. But, uh, yeah, Brad McKenzie's played a lot of football. Um, Cam Shenton's played a lot of footy. Lewis Johnson. So we've still got some really good experienced um, players in that age bracket of playing a lot of football. So, But Cole Gerloff, Declan Hamlin, Zach Richards, like they've all started to play a bit of league footy now. So I think... From my point of view as a coach, when you get that bracket of players that have played 20 and above, Peter Bampton's another one. Um, yeah, Mitch Wilkins. So it's, I think we've got a, a good mix. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how they go this year with the, the leadership side of things. Touching on the recruiting, um, you spoke about Dougie. Nick Rokar over from the Cats, Emmanuel Lira from South. Um, Bastanak, we said, is in and gone. We'll get to that in a second. But the one I'm interested in is Tommy Pinion. Can you tell us a bit about Tommy? Yeah, so Tommy uh, was on the Adelaide Crows development list, uh, I think, for two years. It might have been just the one. But he did play against us at the parade one day uh, and kicked three goals. I think it was 2017. And ever since that point, we've sort of looked at uh, trying to get him to the footy club. He was really hard to move out of the country, that's for sure. But he's... <laughs> He's kicked 100 goals a few times. He knows where they are. He moves really well. He's a big size. Um, he's probably that target. You know, we had Brady, but we played a lot of small ball over the last couple of years. So to get Tommy to the club, we're really excited. He's good friends with Sam Balderstone as well. That that definitely helped. Um, but he's really excited about it. He's keen and he's he's not a young player that doesn't know the game very well. He's played a lot of footy. So he, he can come straight in and, and play at the level, which is really exciting. Just quickly, sorry, Hooky, 197, 95 kilos, but all the boys have told me he's just super mobile. Like yeah. he, he sort of plays big, but really agile sort of player. Yeah, he can take an overhead mark, no doubt about that, but he, he gets on the go. So he moves around the 50 really well. He can present really well. He can get back towards goal as well. So 
Uh, he gives us great flexibility. Uh, another person that you didn't mention, but Cody Ellison, who's played a lot of footy at South Adelaide. So he's a, a really tall Brady Tor, uh, Brady Door type player. Uh, can go on the ruck, but also can go forward and catch the footy too. So he gives us a bit more depth in that area. Big rap if he's as good as uh, Brady Door over yeah. the course of the year. He'll be a very, very fine pickup. I want to ask you about injury management. Everyone's talking about the fact that you have had an abbreviated preseason, if you like. Have you had to do anything different with your training or have you expected more mm. of your medical people? Yeah, I've really, um, it's been interesting. We had a really focus uh, on, on running over the preseason. We did a lot of work. Stephen Swert, um, as lots of people would know in South Australia, is an elite person in that area. And uh, we worked really hard on our running program and got super fit. So it was really disappointing when the COVID hit in regards to taking that a lot of that work away. Um, but I'm hoping that it's held us in good stead over the break with the players doing their program. But it's one of those unknowns. Like I think every club's in the same position that you just don't know what's going to happen over uh, the next four to five weeks in regards to how you prepare your players, but then how they react to going into a game situation with not having the same sort of preseason um, as they normally would. So, yeah, I think an injury thing <clears throat> from my point of view is we're trying to really balance out the next three weeks in regards to how we train. Um, one, not to push them too hard too early where you get injuries for round one, but you still need to make sure you're pushing them hard enough to get prepared to play in round one. So um, I don't think we really know until we get to round one and then how we pull up after the game. But we're hoping that the way we're tracking and, and like I said, speaking to Steven Swerd about it and trying to prepare ourselves in the best possible way. Anyone come back in really, really good, Nick, surprised you? And did one or two maybe come Boulders. back with a few extra pounds? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, everyone's done a pretty good job in regards to... Um, it, it's really hard because... The one thing that I think for every player in the competition was we didn't know when the date was going to be, if we were going to play at all. Um, the one thing the date gives everyone now is is a target and a goal, and we all know that we're going to play. So from that point of view, everyone's really excited about it. Our last two training sessions have been the best I've seen in regards to energy and excitement. So that's been a, a really exciting thing for the group. But um, I think Matty Nunn's probably really been the standout for me at training since we've been back. He's running capacity. He's running really well. He looks really fit and, and focused and, and ready to have a really big year. Uh, in regards to the coaching, a few changes. Jimmy Allen comes in coaching <clears> the mids and flipper back um, coaching the forwards. What is it like to have those boys back around and not annoying you on a Thursday night from rocking up late more on flipper's aspect, but no. actually their opinion on the group? No, flipper obviously is a, a ball of energy, so he brings great energy to the group anyway, but he, he was one of the best small forwards in the competition for a long time. A triple premiership player brings great experience to the group, and he's his work, he's like a little kid anyway, so he's worked with the, the players. He gets them energetic and, and ready to go. So he's been really good. James Allen obviously was our under-18 coach for a couple of years and did a fantastic job. Yeah, And again, you don't get those sort of players every day of the week. So a three-time McGarry medalist as part of the, the coaching group is really exciting. And, and James Saywell's still there. Gavin Hughes did a great job with the reserves last year. And, and Adam Smith, who's sort of my right-hand man. So we, I'm, I'm really fortunate and blessed to have the group that we've got. You're listening to Red Legs Radio on 1629 SENSA. We are talking to Jared Cotton, the senior coach of the Norwood Football Club. Feel free to join in the conversation. one 736 736 is the phone line. You can text us on 0427-154166. First two games will be at Adelaide Oval. Cots, does that help you? Uh, I think I think it's just exciting for the whole competition. I was um, speaking to Matty Nunn the other day and, and normally you only get to play there in finals. So... You know, obviously having a crowd's great, but the, the fact that you get to play on such a, a great surface and a great stadium, um, I know there's no one going to be there, but the fact that you get to play there, not in a finals uh, a game, and it's just a round game, I think it's exciting for every player that gets to play there. So 
um, yeah, it's a big ground, so obviously we'll try and use that to our advantage if we can. But um, again, it's just a matter of getting prepared for the opposition that we play. We don't know that yet, so once we get that information, we'll start planning. Uh, back to the players, a couple of older heads. Mitch Grigg um, came out recently, number 36, according to Zach Milbank, plays Ooh, in the competition. He wouldn't have dealt with that too And well, I'm sure Griggy would not like that. How's Griggy going on the track? A couple of McGarry's in the back pocket. Yeah, a couple of Grigg areas we named him last year. How's Griggy travelling? Yeah, not too bad. He... Um, He's come back in regards to his training standards have been excellent since he's been training. Um, he hasn't missed a training session. Um, obviously, he, he works as a landscape uh, as well. So he's got his days are long and hard and things like that. So for him, it, it's obviously like most SNFL players that have to work as well. It becomes quite hard. But no, he's, he's, been, he's been really good. Um, obviously, you know, you've got Matt Panos still. You've got uh, Matt Nunn. Uh, Cole Gerloff hopefully can step up in the midfield a bit more this year as well. And then Will Abbott is another player that sort of we missed from round six last year. The barometer, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He, he's a very underrated player. But for us, he does a really important role in how he goes about it. He always manages to kick a couple of goals, but he lays a lot of tackle pressure on the opposition. So we did definitely miss Will last year. So he's training really well as uh, at this point too. So we're looking forward to getting him back. We had a cult hero of this show last year and he didn't play a game. That was Cindy Crawford. And we were really looking forward to see him play this year. And of course, he's been taken off to Essendon, which yep. is, I guess, sad from a Norwood footy club perspective and a Sandful perspective. Are you going to miss him? And what do you think about the way that AFL clubs do currently have an ability through mid-season drafts and the extended supplement list system that they can just sort of take players off you at probably inopportune times. Yeah, it's not ideal. Obviously, we sort of planned for, for Henry to take over Brady's role. Um, that's why when I spoke about Cody before, it was good that we got him to the club so we, we have another backup with him and Luke Sermon. But yeah, it was great for Henry. Like He, he played some really good footy last year. He, he nearly played league footy a couple of times. Um, he played some great footy in the finals. And uh, for him, it's a fantastic opportunity. But in regards to the AFL side of things, I think it's one of those things that um, I, I prefer him to sort of November draft, January, yeah, have another go at it then and then just let the season go from there. It's really hard to, to you know, when a play gets taken mid-year, mm. it's really hard. And uh, West Adelaide felt that last year a fair bit. So from and that point south, of view, yeah. yeah, and south as well. South have been hit really bad again. So from that point of view, I, I think if they do it November and January, you can still try to move around that. But when it becomes into the season, it's really hard to adapt to. Cots, uh, just on that. Um, sorry, we've only got 30 seconds before we go to a break, so just looking over at Hookie. But um, we probably can't complain in regards to South, but they're losing Ruckman. Is the mid-year one worse than pre-season or the pre-season one worse than mid-year? Oh, mid-year is worse, definitely, because sometimes you know, you're know playing some really good footy and you think you're a real chance to play some good finals, but... Um yeah, it can get taken away with the key player coming out of your team. Jared Cotton, great to have you on the show. We look forward to chatting you right throughout the year. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. Every heart is true for the red and the blue, and we sing the song to you. Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. That's right, you listen to Redlegs Radio, Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner. Feel free to take part in the conversation as we look over all things Sandful footy with a particular slant on the mighty Redlegs. Phone, phone us up, one 736 736 or please text us 
0427154166. Miles Fitzner, where do you have Norwood finishing this year right now? I've got Norwood up the top. I mean, we've also got the Norwood faithful out there out in the room uh, watching it and they've just put this show on, so I can't say anything <laughs> outside of that, can we? But can't sink them just yet. <laughs> certainly not, but uh, I've certainly got to, I like the list. I do like the list, but uh, as you just said before, we do encourage you to ring up and have a chat and talk all things football, uh, 1300-736-736, or send us a text because we're here at Studio Luma 1 King William and uh, we're happy to talk to you. Uh, we do have to just have a little solemn moment uh, for the show, Miles, because it has been a really difficult off-season for the club. We've lost a number of greats of the Norwood Football Club. Let me just share with you a couple of the names that we've lost over the off-season. Uh, Glenn Rosser, a life member of the Football Club, Hall of Fame member, was part of two premierships. Rod Seacamp, a state player in 1974, was possibly best on ground in the 1975 Premiership. Dean Southfoot, uh, one of the great supporters of the football club, a true legend. You used to have a golf day down North, there for yes, the players. Unbelievable. On, on his back uh, putting lawn. And a great anti-smoking campaigner too, a wonderful man, Dean Southwood. We lost Robert Odie, of course, a champion player and coach. Uh, 232 games for Norwood and nine South Australian games. Uh, Kevin Davis, a life member and volunteer, uh, so we lost uh, Kevin and also Brian Essery, who was the club patron for 40 years. So uh, a number of greats of the Norwood Football Club that we lost in the off-season. Perhaps the one that uh, most recently has touched us is the uh, the very sad loss of Bob Hammond at 78 years, a true great of South Australian football, member of the Australian Football Hall of Fame, uh, coached the Norwood Football Club to uh, both its premierships in 75 and 78 before going on to coach the Sydney Swans briefly and then was chairman of the Adelaide Football Club, the inaugural chairman. He's a, been a great servant of football for many, many years. And joining us to talk through the life of Bob Hammond is another great of the Norwood Football Club in his own right, played in all four premierships between 75 and 84 for the Legs and SA Football Hall of Famer, 292 games for Norwood, eight state games. Big welcome to Red Legs Radio, Phil Gallagher. Uh, good evening, Ben and Miles. Great to have you on board. Uh, Bob Hammond, one of the true greats of South Australian football. He certainly was. I, you know, I remember watching Bob play before I... Uh, I started playing and you could only admire the endeavour that he played with and also the skill, his performance in the uh, in the grand final against Glenelg in 1973 was, was one to behold and that's the first year that I'd started playing. Now, he was a fantastic player, fantastic bloke and he did great things for both North Adelaide and North in the sample. Phil, obviously I'm one of the younger generation and, and didn't get to see and experience a lot of things, but the one thing I've heard a lot um, over the last few days when they've been talking about it is the fact that he's one of the rare guys that have uh, that have excelled at a playing level, a coaching level and an administrative level. Uh, yes, normally they do uh, two of those, certainly not three. And, and Bob got out of uh, coaching really when he was at the top of his game. Uh, Nord had gone top in uh, in 1978. Um, probably had our best side in 1979 and didn't do a great deal. But Bob then uh, went into business in a pretty serious way. He uh, bought a initially a half case warehouse at Windsor Gardens, uh, and then decided that he didn't have the time to do that. Contributed thereafter in a very very positive way as an administrator with both um, Nord. Uh, then with uh, then with the AFL further on from that, and in particular at the Adelaide Crows for ten years as well. 
Phil, you made mention of 1973, which was your first year, and that famous grand final between North Adelaide and Glenelg, where Cornsey kicked the the, the ceiling goal, and um, and Glenelg won by seven points. But Bob Hammond was absolutely enormous that day, playing at full back. What was the feeling like at the Norwood Football Club? They parted ways with Robert Odie, appointed Bob as playing coach. What was the feeling like around the club at that time? Oh, look, there would have been, well, not there would have been, there were a few players a little bit disenchanted because they'd grown up with Robert. Robert had recruited a lot of players to the club uh, with a fairly extensive country recruiting campaign. So there were a lot that, that were disappointed that Robert, uh, Robert was not appointed. Um, but at the same time, fairly excited that a, a player and a man of Bob's calibre was going to take over the coaching of the club. Phil, is my mail correct in saying that he gave up a job importing furniture or exporting furniture out of Japan to take the playing coaching role at Norwood? Uh, I think, if my memory serves me well, uh, he was offered a job with Featherston Interiors, I think was the name of the company. Um, Yes, he did. Which probably meant that Glenn McMahon offered him too much money. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you about a day, Phil, uh, in 1976. It was on June 22. It was an NFL Wills match. You played Carlton and defeated them by 106 points. Now, you may or may not remember this, but Bob employed a tactic of sending out a number of players in different numbered Guernseys. So Mocha Dunstan usually wore nine. He wore 31. Jim Michelani, usually in 31, he wore 10. Roger Woodcock normally wore 10. He ended up in number 11. And you, famous in number 11, wore nine. Can you remember that day? No, I can. It was, um, I think we got a little bit too clever for ourselves, to be really honest with you. Um, we, we had a pretty competent side. We played pretty well. Um, and I don't think, to be fair, I don't think Carlton treated, treated us with the respect that we deserved. And so we got a great result. And we were a pretty powerful side back in, that, in those days at Nord Oval under lights. Um, so it was a comprehensive win and engineered really well by Bob and the, uh, and the coaching staff. His great quote was, if Carlton are going to memorise numbers and names, I thought they could chase some wrong Guernseys. So uh, <laughs> fascinating stuff from back in the day. What about that 1970? Bob, Sorry, Phil. That typified Bob a bit. He had... Uh, it's still a fair bit of the old Chicago boy in him, the Kilburn, the Kilburn lot. So he's quite happy to, to get one up on anybody. Phil, Ben and I were talking off air about the 73 grand final, which North Adelaide lost. And, um, and Corns and Robberin are quoted in saying that, uh, that uh, Bob obviously won the medal, the best on ground. And Corns and Robberin are saying that's one of the best games I've ever seen played. Do you have a recollection of that, the 73 granny? Yes, certainly. I, I went to the game. Um, look, his performance is fantastic. And in particular, it was all the better because he actually performed so well when North Adelaide were under a great deal of pressure in the last quarter and he defended so well. Um, it's one thing to play well when the game's flowing and going your way, but when it's not, that's the measure of the performance of Bob on that day because they were under significant pressure and he kept repelling attacks from Glenelg. Phil Gallagher, you're a legend of the Norwood Football Club. Bob Hammond, uh, also a legend of the Norwood Football Club as a two-time premiership coach. We really appreciate your company this evening on Redlegs Radio. Hey, Phil, just before you go, we've had a text come in. Um, it says, Phil, sad time to lose so many greats of late, but can you update fans on the current well-being of Brian Adamson, 1978, who lives in WA? You able to help out there? 
Uh, two dogs, Brian was called. Uh, <laughs> look, Brian's had some significant health issues, but those have stabilised. He's, uh, he's in, a, in a retirement home over in Perth. Um, the last time I saw him, he was pretty good, but he's gone through some tough times. Uh, there's no doubt, but he's, at the moment, pretty good. Phil Gallagher, thank you for joining us on Red Legs Radio. No problems at all. Thank you, uh, Ben and Miles. Thank you very much. Uh, well, Phil's a legend, but what a legend, Bob Hammer. We are going to miss him. He was actually born in Perth, would you believe, Miles? His dad was over there doing military service, and that's why he was born in Perth rather than Adelaide, because he grew up actually in uh, Kilburn, had an older brother and a younger sister, and they grew up in a trust home in Kilburn. He played under nines footy at the Kilburn Football Club. He left school at 14. He sold newspapers and the footy budget to make ends meet as a uh, as a young kid. He played his first game for North in 1960. They won the flag that year under Jock McCarthy, who was a former Port Reserves coach. He made his debut for the state team in 1963, oh. that famous game at the MCG. He stood Doug Wade, would you believe? How about the... How about the back pocket? So it was it was Bob Hammond, Don Bills and Bob Shearman. I mean, a couple of absolute legends of uh, South Australian football there. They came home. They returned to the airport. There was 4,000 people in the airport wishing them well. Uh, he was involved in Dunlop Tyres, and he actually left North Adelaide for a couple of years and uh, coached Ports in Port Pirie. They won two flags in two years in, that, um, that, in those days. I think they were also part of the Wyala League. Uh, he came back home. Do you know that Barry Robran lived? With the um, with the Hammond family, when uh, Barry Robran came from Wyala down to uh, down to the football club, we talked about the premierships in seventy uh, one and seventy two at North, and of course the seventy three runner up. Uh, you were right; you, that was absolutely right. He uh, he was offered a job importing furniture in Japan, uh, and instead, Norwood approached him to take over from Robert Odie, and that scuttled uh, that role. His one big thing was to get John Wynn on side. He was a believer that if you could get John Wynn then the rest of the Norwood Football Club would follow. And they've been uh, great mates uh, ever since. 1974, they became one of the fittest teams in the competition. He defeated Glenelg coach Neil Curley in 1975. We talked about 76 and then, of course, defeated Jack Odie in 78. And he finished up at the club in 1979. We know he coached the Sydney Swans for a season in 84. He was actually offered that job full-time, but he declined it because most of the players were commuting from Melbourne. And he just didn't want to run a team where he had half a half a club in Melbourne, half a club in Sydney, trying to run an AFL club in that era. Could you imagine that? Wow. And then he ended up going and working. Um, he was ripping up railway lines uh, throughout the mid-north, which is quite amazing. Uh, he removed the railway from Port Augusta to Kalgoorlie. Had a pretty good deal. <laughs> he got paid to pick it up, and then he could sell uh, the rail as scrap, and the, he sold the sleepers domestically. So I think it was a pretty reasonable living for uh, Hammond, the, the smart businessman that he was. There's some resume, isn't it? Like you read it out a lot before my time, but absolutely some resume. Him, Malcolm Blight talks so so greatly of him. Apparently, a very firm man and quite hard, but but super fair. And uh, yeah, just a, a sad loss. Obviously, a member of the Grange Club, which I'm a member of there at Norwood, and involved in uh, being the um, the player sponsor of the captain there too, and set that up. So uh, yeah, it's just sad to lose him. Yeah, incredible story of how uh, it was him, Neil Curley, and Murray Tippett that had 12 days to form a list for the Adelaide Football Club. They didn't have a coach at the time. And that was when they eventually appointed Graham Corns to be the inaugural coach. But he was the inaugural chairman. I did he was not charged know that. with the job of putting the list together. So he did, tried to do the deal with Darren Jarman and all of those players in the 52 players that I think it was that uh, Adelaide has had access to. They had to, uh, I think they could only take uh, 
10 that were already assigned to um, other AFL clubs. So it was a massive undertaking to um, pull that list together in such a short period of time. Vale, Bob Hammond, Phil Gallagher, our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Red Legs Radio. Every heart is true for the red and the blue, and we sing this song to you. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. This is Red Legs Radio. Miles, you are in charge of the text line and you've had a couple of messages come through. Yeah, on the text line, thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and Telstra Shop Nord. One for you, Hooky. Uh, the Ace Brothers famously swapped Guernseys for a state game VWA one year too. The Sand Gropers were out to get Michael behind the play. That's, yeah, that, that's a true story. It actually happened in 1982. It was the only state game that Andrew played. He had two very, very good years for the Norwood Football Club, and they swapped Guernsey numbers. So essentially, Michael played as Andrew, and Andrew played as Michael. Oh. The unfortunate postscript to that, my, my recollection is that Andrew got hit behind the play because they thought it was Michael, and they collected Andrew, and he ended up with a broken jaw or something like that. I'm getting some nods from yeah, out the window. You're looking for there, some nods so. out the window. Hey, yes. One more text. Amazing story. One more text on the text line. Don't forget, you can text in 0427 1541. Uh, 166 or give us a call 1300 736 736 great show guys just wondering if Ryan Bassanak will be back next year coming from Aaron uh, yeah well, I'm getting mixed reports but look uh, really good friends of Brad McKenzie Ryan Bassanak that's sort of uh, where the connotation came from look I think he might be but uh, let's not rule it out we've got James Fantasia coming on at the end of the show so maybe we'll hit him up with that one then that'll be a question without notice for him now we've got some news off the top here Miles uh, self-promotion has never been something that has been a challenge for either of us. And not only have we beefed up the duration of the show, we've beefed up the uh, the content with regard to who's involved Bit as well. Bit of star so power. You and me, Geordie Pate will be out and about, a roving reporter for us over the course of the year. So looking forward to having her involved. But star factor, we have gone for in droves. And it is a very, very warm welcome to our Red Leg Radio co-host, legendary Norwood fan and acclaimed musician, a big Red Leg Radio welcome to Greg Champion. Hello to you gentlemen, pleased to be with you. Greg, this is a level of prof- professionalism not before seen at Red Legs Radio. <laughs> Certainly not seen. Oh, well, if I'm bringing professionalism, then heaven help us all then. <laughs> <laughs> what what are the what's it like following? And I know it's very difficult, but uh, you're still based over in Melbourne. What's it like following the Norwood Football Club from uh, over in the heart of AFL land, if you like? It's not too easy. Uh, the, you know, I just can't get any Norwood news in the paper every day. It's just <laughs> not there. I don't know why they don't put Norwood stuff in the paper. I mean, fair dinkum. You'd reckon they'd wake up and just run red leg stories every day, but. Uh, we manage, we press on, and we continue. Greg, I'm one of the younger generation and haven't been around a, a hell of a lot of a, a, a long time, but uh, you wrote a few songs that became quite famous and songs that I grew up listening to on Channel 7, you know, <laughs> that, are, that are synonymous with watching the football on, you know, on a football. Sunday. The thing about football, I, I, I had no idea. Yeah, well, uh, I got lucky with uh, that one. That Channel 7 in Melbourne decided to you know, make that the theme for the footy for a few years. So that was my lucky break. And really, I've been looking for another one for 25 years. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to let you get off the uh, chain with regard to music just yet. But before we get to that, what's your sweet spot? Which era of the Norwood Footy Club is the one that you really have the greatest affinity with, probably before you left uh, for the bright lights of Melbourne? Yeah, I was was going, uh, watching Norwood uh, at at the ground, 
between around uh, sixty-three through to uh, right through to about seventy-eight. I went to Melbourne in seventy-nine, um, so I do have certain memories of Norwood at the time. I I remember taking myself. Well, we lived at Hectorville. You, you play footy in the morning in the park lands, go home on the bus, have a bath, then take yourself on the bus to um, to Norwood Oval <laughs> as a 13-year-old but, and watch on your own and then bus at home. Did you have a favourite player? Yeah, Roger Woodcock. Number 10. Oh, yeah, because uh, I, I was left-footed and Roger, well, he could, he could boom a, a goal from 60. Uh, he could turn on the flank bang from 60 on his left it was exciting now you mentioned that you don't get too much norwood news in the melbourne papers over the past 24 hours there's been plenty of port adelaide news in the melbourne papers champs in particular with the blue between koshi and eddie Maguire over whether port adelaide can wear the prison bargoonsie in afl football what's your relationship with the port adelaide football club like I used to traditionally hate them, and then I hated them even more when I missed out on... Uh, you grow up to hate them, and, and that's fair enough, as people grow up to hate Collingwood here, here in Melbourne. Um, so, and I hated them plenty. And then I hated them even more when I just missed out on having written their club song in a, what uh, Brian Cunningham told me was a tired vote. So, so I, I wrote the... I submitted for the Port Club song, and... Uh, I apparently missed getting it in a tied vote. Wow. So um, you had actually uh, put together a club song that, and you got knocked off by Power to Win, Power to Rule. Yeah. And Brian Cunningham, I think, very graciously, and he is a gracious man, <laughs> and connected with Port. What, what are the odds? <laughs> and Brian, who is a gentleman, said to me... Uh, it was a hung vote, and his son had the casting vote. I think that's the story he told me. <laughs> that's that's fair dinkum. Uh, anyway, I hated him even more after that because uh, I thought I had a good port song, and I still do. And um, But uh, once Brian Cunningham had me as a guest to the club, I softened up uh, for a luncheon and that. Uh, uh, when I told him, I think, that story, and he told me his, uh, then I, I softened up towards the club, and these days uh, I don't have any. Um, I'm like I think uh, some South Australians. I, I watch them. It's still a South Australian side against the rest of the world. That's how some of us look at it. So if you if you wrote the potential club song for the Port Adelaide Football Club, have you subsequently penned anything with a Port Adelaide flavour that oh, maybe here we you go. want to share with us? At here short we notice? go. Oh, have I ever? Oh, I've written about twenty. I've written about several dozen port bashing songs. Well, we don't have that long, Greg, but we, we, we want a sample of it this week. Okay, here's one. You ready? We're ready. Okay, we've got our GTHOs, our hot Monaros. Oh yeah, with hot wide ignition. We've got our monster truck shows, our hate for the crows. Oh yeah, Port Adelaide tradition. We've got souped-up Commodores, Cortinas, of course, oh yeah, with modified suspension. We've got rebuilt panel vans, got utes and sandmans, oh yeah, in as new condition. <laughs> We've got Pintaras with fats, we're covered in taps, oh yeah, you'll hear us when we're coming. 
and we don't stop, stop, stop for the cop, cop, cops. <laughs> oh, no, we know we can outrun them. If you want 180Bs or 120Ys, oh, yeah, we know about the caper, and we can do you a deal for prices unreal, complete with full regal papers. Oh, oh excellent. Great champion. <laughs> it's just a little taste of what is to come over the course of the 2020 Sandful season right here on Red Legs Radio each and every week. Greg Champion, he'll be focusing on yesteryear of the football club, but we'll get plenty of musical intros from him as well, the Miles. T- the text line's just lit up. The Port fans are going absolutely off. But I've got another one here for you, Greg, because I think we've probably got uh, we've got Matilda Zander waiting on the line. Greg, can you tee up a collaboration with fellow Norwood supporter Paul Kelly, maybe when the club does its Fortis in Priscilla March for fans? later this year. Well, I wonder where that text came from, but any, ch- <laughs> any chance of that, Greg? Oh, I'll, I'll try and contact Paul, who grew up just two suburbs from me, but in the upmarket side of Hectorville over in Roslyn Park. Oh, how to, how to make gravy be fantastic, wouldn't it? Greg, absolute thrill to know that you are going to be joining us each and every week throughout the 2020 season. We'll catch you next Thursday. Uh, nice talking. Thank you, gentlemen. See you soon. Greg Champion there, the new co-host of Red Legs Radio. And we're going to turn our attention very quickly to Sandful W footy. We're all concerned about when the men's competition was going to start, but we're just as interested as when the women's competition is going to resume. The Norwood Football Club, after four games, one win, two losses, one draw, just sitting on the edge of the top four, and uh, we are very thrilled to have one of their star players, the number two stats player in the competition right now, Matilda Zander, join us. Matilda, welcome to Red Legs Radio. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. You've just got off the training track. Yeah, pretty good session tonight. Uh, First time with contact, so that was good. Oh, right. You, you like a bit of contact, I would have thought. You're a good hard tackler. You've been very good with marking, disposals, but uh, you like getting in and under as well, Matilda. Oh, yeah. You know, bit of everything, yeah. Hey, Matilda, they tell me at the club, speaking of contact, that you don't mind the biceps on the bicep curls. Is it, <laughs> is it throwing the arms around a little bit tonight? Because a few of the girls have told me that a few bicep curls in the mirror seems to be your port of call. Oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about at all. Yeah, that sounds like it might be on the money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Matilda, we're going to miss one absolute star of the competition and a star of South Australian sport, Jo Hill, announced her retirement during the pandemic break. She's going to be one player we'll really miss. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think she's our leading goal kicker, so I don't know who will kick all the goals now. Do you think you might have to push forward? Because uh, you've been a very, very handy player through the midfield, but you might spend a bit more time forward now. Oh, no. I only kick points, so I'll stand <laughs> uh, what, what about the coaching? We had Jason Farrell, and then, of course, he's uh, gone on to Collingwood. Now we've got Chris Howie as coach. How have you found working under Chris? Yeah, he's been pretty good. A bit of fresh air into the team, a new game plan. So it's been, yeah, pretty good. Hey, Matilda, on a lighter note, the girls tell me you don't mind a music video vlog up to the Instagram. You haven't quite got the swimming cap and the goggles on in the bath, so they tell me, but what's the next music video we expect to see on uh, Matilda's gram? Um, I haven't actually got one planned at the moment. Can, so... well, can you do one for us here at Redlegs Radio? Can you put up a uh, uh, another music video and tag us in it? That, that's a that's a challenge for you in the next fortnight, Matilda. Between now and the first game, we want a special tribute to Redlegs Radio on your Instagram. But you've got to take the goggles off in the bath, remember, so the girls tell me. 
Oh, look, <laughs> I'll see what I can do for you, but I don't know. <laughs> obviously you're looking forward to the season coming up, but just tell me how important was that draw against West Adelaide before the competition stopped, just to make sure you stay in touch with the four? Oh, yeah, pretty important considering, well, we had some tough games coming up against North, so it saved us from going down to the bottom two again. But, yeah, now we play every team again, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Six rounds I think to go and then the final series Matilda Zander we appreciate your time on Red Legs Radio and we look forward to seeing how the, co- the team goes in the second half of the competition Thank you. Thanks Matilda Matilda Zander there the Norwood Football Club Sample W star she is number two for possession she's number two for and marks. A she is and an a absolute character. gun and yeah we're looking forward to seeing her work on Instagram over the next couple of weeks when she makes a tribute to us. Uh, you're listening right here on 1629 SENSA to Red Legs Radio. <laughs> Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. Final quarter here on Red Legs Radio. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and the Telstra shop Norwood. You are with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner, who was in charge of our text line. Yeah, a few coming through. Hooking, going all right. Sorry, but if the song didn't beat the current one at Port, it couldn't have been that good. I'll have to agree with that. <laughs> uh, just like to say well done to all the staff with the uh, Fortis range. Keep the members feeling a part of the club. Regards, Rob Umbrellas Alevi. And another one, great to have you boys back on air for a new season. Looking for, forward to more champs in coming weeks. And don't forget, keep the text coming in 0427-154166. There is a text there. Keen to know how the Croatian import Anna is going with the women's team. We might ask James Fantasia about that very shortly. But I've got some news, Miles. My understanding is the Adelaide Football Club is possibly going to allow the women's players back to play in the Sandful League, which means we could have Najwa Allen. Oh, that'd be nice. The best and fairest player. Let's find out uh, where we're at with the Norwood Football Club. And joining us is the CEO of the club, James Fantasia. Welcome to Red Legs Radio. Uh, Good evening, boys. Lovely to be here tonight. Uh, Fortis in Priscilla. What an amazing campaign that's been. Oh, it's been wonderful. Um, Something like that when you've got a tradition and a a statement that is all about your football club uh, that was uh, introduced in 1878 at the commencement of the club. Gee. Fortis in Priscilla, and uh, the meaning is strength in adversity. And of course, uh, there wouldn't be a more apt time, and uh, the support has been incredible. We've got a couple of questions to get through as we're a bit short on time, Fanner. Um, the Wolf Blast Community Centre looks great from the outside. Can you tell us when we can get inside? Yeah, well, the good news uh, there. So, look, you know, we, let, me just, let me just frame up one little quick thing. We, we've come through this incredible, difficult time. Um, but from our point of view, certainly we've had something to look forward to, not only to have football resuming, but they've continued to progress with the, the Wolf Blast Community Centre. We've lost a little bit of time. Um, we were due to, to, to we, we, due around middle June. We're now looking more like middle to late July. It's a super um, effort. But, mm. but it's, it's really come on in, in leaps and bounds. And Scivello, uh, the Nord Paynham, uh, St. Peter's Council have done a fantastic Scavello job. Scavello come on as partners as well, is that Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Oh, got that a, right. They're a real buy-in, which has uh, been wonderful. How important is it to get games back at Cooper Stadium? Incredibly important. Yeah, it is, Ben. I mean, look, you know, football, to get started and playing Adelaide Oval is incredible. It's wonderful. Um, and and it's, it's something that's needed for everyone. Um, but playing games, uh, and I'm being very selfish, of course, playing games at Cooper Stadium, 
uh, that, that's the spiritual part of our football club. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we're all about playing and winning. Um, but getting back home and opening up our doors and bringing our people uh, will be wonderful. The boys have said they've never seen the surface so good at Cooper Stadium. They reckon the actual surface of the ground's unbelievable. Yeah, well, look, uh, Barry Solomon's done an amazing job uh, with, with David Solari. And what they've done there is they've had that just extra time. If you recall, this year we didn't have any pre-season games. We didn't have any AFLW games. So we got a little bit of a break anyway, an extended break. And then, of course, uh, with the pandemic and, and shutting down completely, um, look, the Oval's really knitted together. And, uh, yeah, right, Miles, we have not seen it in such a good condition. It's still a big year. Half a chance that you could host a final at Norwood Oval this year. It actually happened in 1973 when Football Park wasn't ready yet and they ended up having to play some games at Adelaide Oval, but you hosted some as well. You'll start the season at Football Park. Who do you want to play? Um, we don't mind. I mean... We, we think uh, it's important, like every team, you want to be able to get off on a, on a good start. And I know that Jared's been working extremely well with our boys and he tells me that the just the energy at training has just been incredible. So I can't wait for that to happen. No, it's, it's okay for us, mate. We'll play anyone. My mail is that you will play the Saturday late game and you'll probably play Glenelg or Sturt. So I think that will be fascinating to see. Hey, James, thanks for coming in and joining us on Red Legs Radio. Mate, great to be here and great to have you guys uh, doing it all again this year. Well, but- that's it for Red Legs Radio for our inaugural 2020 episode. We're going to be back next week. Miles Fitzner will be back. I will be back. And, of course, Greg Champion will be back as well. So what a thrill that is. We are so excited to be playing football on June 27. It's very exciting. You've been listening to Red Legs Radio. We'll see you next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.